0: this is part five. We don't usually do five-part series, but this has been such a good one, and we're closing it out next week. And next week, we're going to have a great week. I might tell you a little bit about it in a little bit. But today, I get to kind of uh, close out some of the thoughts that that have that really, really been going through my head and through my heart as I was putting this series together. So, uh, in his presence, I, I know you've heard us say this, and also, man, Lisa's message last week, that was so good. That was so good. If you were not here last week, or you haven't listened to the message from last week, go stream it. It's on Apple Music, it's on Spotify. You can go to Facebook and watch this service, uh, but go, go stream last week's message. Lisa did a great, great, amazing job, and I'm telling you, we've been hearing from people all week that were just completely ministered to by that message about pressing in about getting a word getting a picture pressing in and taking a hold of the word that's what so many of us are missing right we we, we kind of know about the bible we kind of know some things it says right but there is a difference between carrying this thing around and knowing a few verses here and there and taking a hold of those verses and applying it to our lives you know judah my son made his school baseball team, and I think a lot about sports. I love sports. You know, any one of us in here probably understand the basic principles of baseball. Whether you've ever played it or not, you know that there's a bat, and when a ball comes towards you, you swing the bat, and you hit the ball, and then you run to a base. Anybody in here, if you didn't know that that was about, that that was baseball before today, now you know the basic principle of offense in baseball. And any one of us can look at that and say, I can do that. I can swing a bat. I can hit a ball. We might know the principles, but there's a difference between knowing that I'm about to swing a bat at a ball and there's a difference in pressing in and taking hold of what that means, and figuring out what it feels like to actually make connection with that ball, to feel what it means to actually uh, understand the mechanics. And then there's this practice. There's this part about it that's called practice, and doing it over and over again, because there's probably not one of us in here that's going to stand in the batter's box which any kind of pro or semi-pro pitcher and make connection with any one of those baseballs they throw at us if we only know the principle, of, I'm going to swing the bat and hit the ball. That's the principle, but you got to take hold of it. And then once you take hold of it, you got to press in and you got to practice it. And the more you do that, the more success you'll have. Listen, the Word of God is very similar in the fact that we might know Philippians 4.13 says, We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We might even have it tattooed on our body somewhere. That's a popular one. I read somewhere that's one of the top tattoos in the whole United States. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. There is a difference between knowing that verse and taking hold of what it actually means and applying it to your life and seeing it. Jesus called the word of God a seed, right? He called the word of God a seed. I might be holding a pack of seeds. They might say watermelon seeds on them. And I know that, man, I'm holding In a way, I'm holding watermelons, but there is a principle. You have to put it in the ground. You have to water it. You have to till the soil. You have to let it get sunlight, and then after a period of time, you start to see the revelation. There's watermelons that start growing, and then you get to enjoy them, but it's a process, and so many of us take the word of God, and we we, we know it. It's in one ear. It's kind of out the other ear. We can quote it, but we're missing that part about taking hold of what it really means and letting it grow on the inside of us like a seed. What does that have to do with the presence of God? Well, the Word says a lot of things about the presence of God and how much success and how many good things we will find in the presence of God. And it makes it so plain and so obvious that I'm willing to say every one of us are missing out on benefits we find in the presence of God simply because we are not going to the presence of God. So I know I've said this a few times, and Lisa might have even said it last week, but just a quick reminder, the presence of God is a fixed truth. He is always with us. He doesn't leave us. He is everywhere we go, but there is a place in the presence of God that is more intimate. It is a little, uh, it, it, it is a, it's, it's different on our part. It's a place that we move into as we acknowledge His presence. We've talked about that for five weeks now. But I, I, don't, I hope none of us leave this series with an idea that there are times in our life the presence of God is not with us. And then all of a sudden we get a goosebump and we're like, oh, the presence of God is here. Right, or, or we have a, a nice moment of worship on the way to work and we're like, oh, the presence of God just came into my car. Or we go to church, the presence of God was at church today. That's all true. However, the presence of God was not absent before that. The difference that happens is we move our location, not physically, but up here. We turn our attention towards Him, and the Bible says that's where His presence dwells. Where does it say that? Well, Psalm 22.3 says that He inhabits our praises. What is praise but turning our attention towards Him and lifting up hearts of gratitude expressing words of gratitude. It's attention. That's a place in his presence. Psalm 100 verse 4, we enter his gates with thanksgiving in our heart. Thanksgiving, it's about attention. And then my favorite one that we've been using over and over again, Philemon 1.6, says that our faith begins to have an effect in our life as we acknowledge the good things we have in Christ Jesus. That acknowledgement is where so many of us are missing it. That is where so many of us, if we could just acknowledge the good things we have in Christ Jesus, yes, that simple, then the things our faith is doing in the Spirit will begin to make an impact even on our natural life. Why do we get so distracted from acknowledging the good things we have in Jesus? Why do we get so distracted from acknowledging the presence of God? Well, the answer is in the question, and it's the word distraction. We live in a world that will distract us, every chance it gets i even have distractions that i have built into my own life my phone rings even when i'm not getting a phone call to get notifications about what's going on in the world boy i get 300 espn notifications every day dun 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 those are distractions that i've actually built into my own life is there anything wrong with that stuff no not really not really but let's call them what they are They are distractions. I'm not against watching TV, but when we're talking about acknowledging the Lord, that's a distraction. I'm not against movies, but let's call it what it is. It's a distraction. There's so many distractions in this world. Why do we build them into our own lives? Because if we can get past those distractions and acknowledge the Lord, I'm telling you, we've talked about the things that we'll see in our life in the presence of god we find fullness of joy peace uh, prosperity in, in all of our ways i'm going to go through a little bit of these things but i just want you to keep that in your mind because we're going to keep coming back to that so what do we do living in a world built on distraction everything wants your attention everybody wants your attention your job your television uh, you, i mean like if you're if you got kids boy i know that your kids want your attention And a lot of these things are good things. It's good to give your kids attention. They need it. Right? You got to give your job attention. It's good to do a good job. I hope you want to go in and be the best employee your company has. I hope you're giving it your all. I hope you're giving it 100%. We will have distractions in this world, and really they're not all negative. But when we have, and as we are living in this world built around your attention, We have to be very intentional about the presence of God in our life. Just like Judah, my son, has to be very intentional about what he's doing in his free time. If he wants to to move up in the batting order, if he wants to have a good baseball season, it doesn't happen by just doing nothing and playing video games. You have to go practice. Yesterday morning, we woke up and he goes, Dad, coach told me I need to work on my arm strength because he's playing center field. He earned a starting spot and I'm really excited. Coach said, Just work on your arm strength this weekend. So, Judah and I, we came up here, we warmed up, and we threw the ball as far as we could to each other for a good hour or so out here in the field. He's practicing. Have you ever heard this phrase, practice the presence of God? A lot of people use that phrase. What does it mean? It means that we have to be intentional with his presence. It's not something that just shows up sporadically whenever God wants to. God wants to be in every part of your life, right? You don't just get better at baseball when baseball wants to make you better. You get better at baseball when you practice. And the presence of God and putting our attention on him and getting rid of distractions in our life intentionally is practicing his presence, It's making room. And I love that term because it's so practical. We need to intentionally make room in our physical schedules for the presence of God. And that is the very practical thing this message is about today. Making room in our schedules. I would be willing to bet that 90% of us in this room... The reason we don't spend time in the presence of God every day is because we have not intentionally made a place for it. Made a place for him. It's that simple. My mom always says this. My mom is the sweetest lady. When she says a truth that hits you hard, she says it very kindly. And sometimes I walk away and think, man, she could have said that differently. It would have been very hard. But here's what she says. People with no exceptions will make room for what's important to them. Your schedule will tell you what's important to you. And if the number one thing on your schedule is work, that's your number one priority. It's that simple. Well, my job makes me do this. I'm sorry, there's other jobs. If you think you're limited to that job, then you're limiting God because He's got the best for you. You will make time. I'm not saying go quit your job, but I'm saying if, if you have a job that takes up 60, 100 hours of your week, There's better, there's better. Ask the Lord to show you, and you know what? He'll show you quick, and then it'll be a great day when you walk in and say, hey, here's my two-week resignation, and they're like, you're the best employee we ever had. What can we do to keep you? And you're like, well, I only wanna work 40 hours. I wanna raise, and I'd like bonuses, and you can do this and that, and they'll be like, yeah, we'll do anything to keep you. I've seen that happen. I've seen that happen. It happened in my sister's life a few years ago. There is better out there. Your schedule will tell you what's most important, no exceptions. Look at it. Physically write it out. I picked on my son a lot today, so maybe I don't tell him he's not in here. He's serving in children's ministry. It's bad when you're picking on somebody who's serving in a ministry, right? But Judah, yesterday, he goes, I did real good this week, Dad. I checked my screen time only three and a half hours every day. It's like three and a half hours on your phone every day? That's... (laughs) That's over, 10, that's over 10% of your day. He goes, oh, but it's down, from, it's down 50% of what it normally is. I said, you normally spend seven hours a day on your phone? And that's just a phone screen. <laughs> the sad truth is that's probably kind of normal for a lot of us, right? Of course, let, let, let's, let's be honest. I mean, some of that screen time could be reading your digital Bible, right? I'm sure that's a good three hours of it, right? Reading your digital Bible or there's a lot, or Facebook. That might be your Bible. I don't know. Uh, there'll be more truth in the real Bible than you'll find on Facebook for sure. But um, that's a lot of screen time. But I bet if most of us would check our phones, it'd be very similar, right? It'd be very similar. In fact, mine wasn't too far off from that three hours that his said. He says, well, yours is, this, yours is two hours. And I was like, well, I think it counts phone calls and stuff. And, you know, yeah. son, I communicate for a living. Like, I gotta, I'm on the phone a lot. That's what it counts that. He goes, I don't think it counts that. So I don't know. But here's the thing about your attention. Here's the thing about acknowledging the Lord and entering his presence. What we find in his presence, what the word says we find in his presence is truth. Right. It's absolute truth. And one of the things the word says you'll find in his presence, this is one of my favorite verses. If it's not one of yours, write it down today. Joshua 1.8. This book of the law should not depart out of your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, and you observe and do according to what's written herein, and you shall make your way prosperous, and you will have good success. So So here's something that I'm going to say that might sound harsh, but man, you all know me, and if you don't know me, get to know me. I'm probably not ever going to say anything super harshly to you, but sometimes truth is a little bit harsh. But when the word is within that truth, then it's leading you somewhere. It's leading you somewhere that's going to be a a great place. So just take it for what it is. But if you're a believer, if you're a believer, the Bible says you will be prosperous in in all your ways as you meditate on this day and night. So if you're a believer that says... I wish I was prosperous in the things I do. I wish I was prosperous at my job. I wish I was prosperous in my day-to-day life. I can't get it together. I want to go to the gym, but I just can't prosper and get there. I want to do this, or I want to do that, but I'm not finding, I'm not being prosperous in this. If you tell me that as a believer, and you're spending time watching TV every day, and you're spending time on the phone gossiping with people, I don't believe you. There's two options here. You're either lying, and you don't want to be prosperous, Or you're lazy Mm -hmm. and I know that sounds harsh especially I don't usually say stuff like that but the word is pretty clear as you acknowledge him and go to the word you will find prosperity so it's actually good news so if that's you if you've heard yourself say these things I don't know why I just can't be successful I don't know why but I just can't find the right path turn off the TV Don't always answer that phone call. Stay off of Facebook. For God's sake, stay off Facebook. Unless you're watching our live stream on Sundays right now. Stop being distracted by everything else. Acknowledge the word. Acknowledge his presence. And then watch yourself find prosperity. It's that easy, it's that simple because of Jesus. We're not, I'm not saying it's that simple because of our own work, it's coming into alignment with the work of Jesus that he did for us. When he said it is finished, it was finished. He completed the work and said, now if you do this, if your attention, if you can put your focus on me and live in my presence and acknowledge my word in all your ways, you will find prosperity. You will find success in the things you do. Psalm chapter one, verse three says that when you delight in the word of the Lord, you will be like a tree planted by the water, bearing fruit in every season and anything you put your hands to will prosper. If you have recently put your hand to something, go to the word and stop being distracted by everything else and watch what you just put your hand to prosper. Right? And listen, Failures and, 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 and when things crash down here in the natural world, when, when things go wrong, that's not a failure. Man, you learn from that, get back up, keep going, and do it again better with the lessons you've learned. That in and of itself is success. Yes. How about peace? Isaiah 26.3, remember everything we're talking about is attention. Acknowledging today, when we acknowledge the presence of the Lord, Isaiah 26, 3, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Again, attention, acknowledgement. If you are a believer and you say, I just can't find peace, I am anxious, I'm filled with fear, I, I, I don't feel peaceful, in fact, I feel like I'm in turmoil all the time, but I want Peace if you're not acknowledging the word, if you've got time to watch TV, if you have time to have those conversations, if you've got three hours to be on social media every day, I just don't believe you. You're either lying or you're lazy. Because here's how you find peace. Keep your mind stayed on Him. If your mind on Facebook cannot stay on Him, if you think about the person that said this or the guy that made this post and maybe he's talking about you and maybe he's not... That's not not peace. The word says God will give you vengeance anyway. You don't need to try to get it yourself. And you don't need to know what everybody's saying about you. Get off. Erase the account if you have to. It won't be the end of your life. It'll just be the end of your Facebook life. (laughs) If you're a believer, you will find peace every time your mind is stayed on him. Entering his presence, keeping your mind stable. How about joy? I'm going to keep on saying this, this exact same way. If you are a believer and you're not experiencing joy, the fullness of joy, that is a gift of the Holy Spirit. That is on the inside of every believer. The fruit of the Spirit is righteousness, peace, joy, etc. That is on the inside of you. That's your promise. There is a reservoir of joy on the inside of you that you can pull from at any time. This would be a believer saying they don't have joy. It would be like sitting beside a well filled to the top with water and dying of thirst. If you have found yourself saying even to yourself, I need joy. All I feel is depression, all I feel is sorrow, all I feel is sadness. If you're a believer saying that, and I wanna experience joy, if you're not going to the word more than you're going to social media, I don't believe you. If you're not going to the word more than you go to your friends for advice, you don't believe you. If you're not going to the word more than you go to stream the new Netflix show or whatever, God doesn't even believe you. He believes in you, but he knows by your actions, and even a little bit deeper than that, he knows if you mean it or not. Because here's what he says to every believer. Psalm 1611, you'll show me the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. This does not say that there is fullness of joy when your life is going right. It doesn't say there's fullness of joy when Russia is not attacking Ukraine. It does not say that there's fullness of joy when your crypto is rising and and whatever. It doesn't say there's fullness of joy when everybody likes you because that's never going to happen. It doesn't say there's fullness of joy when everything is going right. It says in his presence is fullness of joy and we enter his presence through acknowledging his presence that's not just me saying that's a nice thing either we've read that over and over again through the word the word says that we enter his presence through our acknowledging and we find that fullness of joy it's powerful when you can take that truth and apply it here's what I'm not saying I'm not saying that TV is bad. I'm not saying that hobbies are bad. I'm not saying talking to your friends is bad. This is all things. These are all things that can be a part of your life, even as you're experiencing all these benefits from being in the presence of the Lord. However, the other side of that coin is that if you are not experiencing all of these benefits found in the presence of the Lord, then somewhere your attention is not where it should be. They're things grabbing for your attention, and they're getting them. And whatever has your attention, that's what controls you. It's absolutely the truth. Whatever has your attention controls you. Have you ever been on a diet? Man, when I diet, the more I'm around things like pizza and burgers, the more I just want pizza and burgers. (laughs) I got to not be around that stuff to stay away from it. Because the more I think about it, the more I'm going to convince myself, it's fine. I had four or five good days. Today will be a cheat day. All of a sudden, I had like three cheat days in a row, and that's what spent $30 on burgers. you got to change the contents of the fridge. you got to stop going to the same restaurants where you order the same bad food all the time because when something has your attention, for whatever reason, we have this thing on the inside of us as humans. That is what controls us. That is true. Honestly, I've never been around drugs and things like that. You can't tempt me with that stuff. You could have every drug known to man laid out here in front of me. I can tell you, I know this isn't the case with everybody, but for me personally, not one of those things would tempt me. I've never experienced it. It's never had my attention. Yeah. But you lay out three or four burgers. <laughs> I'm going to examine them and go, oh, that one looks really good. Paul's going to be beside me. He'll be like, oh, that one's Kobe beef. And I'm going to be like, oh, that one's really good. I'm going to eat that one. What? has your attention controls you what if only the Lord had your attention well somebody lived that way his name was Jesus and in the middle of being murdered carrying every sickness known to man the Bible said he made it through that because of the joy set before him somebody named Jesus gave every second of his attention to the Father and he walked around and he, he healed them all that came to him and said, Jesus, heal me. One of my favorite stories is the man that says, if you want to, you can make me well. And this is what Jesus said to him. And this is what he says to you, I want to. Yeah. I want to. And then he went and did it. And then he just went and did it. And he said, hey, forget all the distractions. If you can just acknowledge me, if you can just delight in my word, you're going to experience all that if you can just get out there and practice hitting the ball for for a while, if you can just put into practice uh, your your mechanics, you're going to get better and better at baseball. If you can change what has your attention as far as food goes, man, you're going to have a successful diet. This is a spiritual principle. There's so many people that are confused, that don't know which way the Lord is leading them. Well, do you know that direction is something you find in the presence of the Lord. I read this verse a few weeks ago. I'm going to read it again, but Psalm 25:14 says, There is a private place reserved for the devoted lovers of Yahweh, where they sit near Him and receive the revelation secrets of His promises. If you find yourself asking this question all the time, I don't know what to do, I don't know what's right, I don't know what door to walk through, I'm at a crossroads and I just don't know, I don't know, I don't know, but I wanna know if you're a believer and you got time for Netflix and social media and seven hours of screen time a day, you are either lying or you are being lazy because the word says you'll find that direction in his presence that's good news though that's great news because that is something we can apply to our lives right now here's something i hope encourages you if you're feeling a little bit like i'm stepping on toes or something right now you're doing it we're in the place right now where our attention and our affection is on him this isn't something you got to go and change everything this is a moment by moment thing and right now in this moment We have our attention towards the Lord, and he is imparting direction to you. And that joy on the inside is rising up right now, even if you don't feel it on the outside. And peace is beginning to fill up the parts of your mind that have been anxious, even right now. All we got to do now is go out of here, this place, and when the phone goes doo-doo-doo-doo, and it's the person calling, and you know this is not going to be a pleasant conversation, that little red button is powerful. Send it to voicemail. Send a little message. Hey, I'm sorry, I can't talk right now. And if you want to be real honest, no one's going to argue with this. I can't talk right now. i I got to spend some time in the presence of the Lord. I mean, why not? If, why not? Let's just be real about this. When we go home and that new episode just loaded up, on whatever platform it is, and your phone goes doo-doot, a new episode of whatever is on. You know what? I'm not gonna watch that right now. I gotta prioritize the presence of the Lord. I have to make this a priority. Not gonna leave you hanging. I thought of some pretty practical ways that I want to go over of intentionally making a place in your schedule for the presence of the Lord. Intentional, that word is important. Here's a very simple thing. So many people don't have time with the Lord because they simply don't know where to start. There are so many resources out there. Great Bible studies. Here's a couple names. I can vouch for just about everything you will find written by a guy named Andrew Womack. A guy named Barry Bennett, Uh, Bill Johnson has some awesome books that are out there. There There's so many other men and women of God who have powerful devotions that they've written that you could simply just go purchase a book and know I'm going to wake up tomorrow and I'm going to read chapter one. And if you're like, well, that's goofy. That's not even a whole, uh, reading a chapter of a book. Listen, if it's more than you're doing now, then we call that step one. Step one. Make a plan is step one. Make a plan. Don't go to sleep and think, I'll just wake up in the morning, I'll wing it. I'll open the Bible and wherever it lands, that's what God wants me to read that day. Judas hung himself. Okay, maybe that's not exactly what I should have read today, right? Don't leave it to chance. Make a plan. I love, love, love the read through the Bible in a year plan. I love it. It gets Old Testament, New Testament, Psalm, and Proverb every day. If you just look up the one year Bible, that's what just fell out of my Bible. It's the one year Bible plan that I've been doing since I was like 15. I open my Bible every morning and I look at what it says to read. And that's how I start my time with the Lord in the morning. Make a plan and put it into the schedule. It's very practical. But here's the thing with believers the most practical things we hear are actually very spiritual principles. Because to the believer, it's all spirit. So make a plan is step one. That's step one to be very intentional with the presence of the Lord. Step two, this is a good one. Adjust your schedule. Adjust it. Look at what you got going on tomorrow and adjust your physical schedule and write into it time with the Lord. That doesn't need to be on the other side of the schedule. That falls under the category of if I have time. No. Make it the priority. I love doing, I, I love starting my day with it. Wake up 30 minutes earlier. I'm telling you, if you're that worried about sleep, the Bible says, go to the Lord with your worries, tell Him what you need, and peace will flood your mind. Amen. Sacrifice a little bit of sleep. Wake up earlier if you have to. But adjust your schedule and Put time with the Lord on it. And that time with the Lord that you have on your schedule, make a plan the day before. I was thinking about Mary and Martha. We, we talked about this a few weeks ago, but Martha wasn't doing bad things, right? She was cleaning the house and cooking. Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus. Jesus didn't say, Martha, you're doing bad things. He said, Mary is doing the better things, right? I just thought about something. It kind of made me laugh, but what if Mary had like cleaned the house before Jesus got there, Right? <laughs> What if she, like, had the meal prepared before he arrived? And she could have just sat there, and in her own mind, which was evidently a little concerned with outside circumstances, but Jesus said, you know, you're concerned about all these other things. Mary's found the best thing. Man, what if we could just prepare ahead of time sometimes, make the lunches for the kids the night before, put them in the fridge, so that when you wake up, instead of the 15 minutes it takes to pack the lunches, man, you're just opening the Word and reading about the life of Jesus a little prep and a little adjustment of the schedule and all of a sudden your attention which is going to at least this world is going to be trying to take it the whole rest of the day you're at least going to start your day off with that attention and that affection uh, pointed straight to the Lord going to the word and these things joy, peace, direction man it's going to start flowing in your life more than ever. How do I know that? Because the word says it. Not only that, I've experienced this. Here's number three. The third way to be intentional about entering the presence of the Lord. And that is from Colossians 3.23. Whatsoever you do, do heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. So number three is praise the Lord in everything you're doing. I don't care what your job is or, or where you have to go for it. It's pretty clear here. Paul says, do it heartily as unto the Lord. Well, how do I do this as unto the Lord? I can't answer that for you, but do it as unto the Lord. You can find that place. And as you glorify the Lord, and it might be as simple as, man, I'm driving to this job and kind of tired of it, but Lord, thank you for it. Thank you for it. Thank you that it helps me pay bills. Thank you I'm able to give because of the income that's coming into my life. Thank you that it helps me put food on the table. I think that's a good start. I think that's a real good start. And here's another place to start. The very God that created the universe with his words lives on the inside of you. The God that has every creative solution. Do you know the enemy is not creative whatsoever? In fact, Satan can't create. He only takes things that God created and twists them around and twists them into his twisted versions of them. You are a living being that can create. And you have creativity on the innermost parts of yourself. And your mind, according to Corinthians, is the mind of Christ who was there at the beginning, who heard the Father speak this world into existence. You have the creative solution to everything your job has a problem with on the inside of you. And you know what? When a problem arises, we just take a second, Lord, I know you have a solution to this. Let it come through me. Man, help me to hone in on this and and be the person that solves this. I think that's another good way of doing everything as unto the Lord. But be intentional about it. Bring the Lord into everything you're doing, whatever your day looks like. And number four, rejoice in the Lord always. And Paul wrote this, and again, I say rejoice. When you see victory, when you experience joy because you're acknowledging Him, when you're experiencing peace because you're going to His Word, when you're experiencing answers and creative solutions, rejoice in the Lord. Say thank you. Thank you for this answer. Thank you for this peace. Thank you for this joy. And then here's the other side of that. When things don't seem to be going right, rejoice in the Lord and say thank you. Thank you for everything you're doing. Thank you that even though I'm not seeing this in the natural, you have an answer. Thank you that even though right now I'm feeling this anxiety, right? I'm feeling it, but you give me victory over it. Thank you for the victory over this fear and anxiety. That is acknowledging him, and according to Philemon, our faith becomes effective as we acknowledge him. And then in Ephesians, this is another powerful one that we quote the first part of so many times. In fact, I know a song that only says the first part of this verse, so there's not even a period or a comma. I mean, it's like all one sentence. It says, to him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all that we ask or think. And people stop there. But it's very important not to stop because it says he's able to do that according to the power that works within us. Do you know how that power begins to work within you? Acknowledging, this is how it starts, acknowledging him and entering his presence. Our faith becomes effective. And as that power works within us, exceedingly, abundantly beyond what you've ever dreamed of, God is able to do. That's awesome. That means the things that you've dreamed of, you'll start to see happen. You'll start to see them become successful. And then once you're there, God's like, oh, and here's something else. And then it's all of a sudden beyond what you've dreamed about. But it all starts with attention. It's such a simple principle But it is laid out in the Word over and over and over again. If you think about this, it's the truth from the very beginning. Adam and Eve were surrounded by every tree known to man. Hundreds of thousands of kinds of trees. And they could eat the fruit from every one of them except for one. And until the enemy put their attention on that one tree... They never went around eating from that one tree. They ate from all the other trees, and all of a sudden, the devil shows up, and he goes, hey, what about this tree? Like, oh, that one? Yeah, yeah, we can't eat from that one. Notice that he didn't show up and say, hey, did God really say y'all could eat from a million different trees? No, he showed up and said, hey, did God say there's only one tree you can't eat from? And then all of a sudden, within moments, she's taking a bite of that fruit. It started with attention. What if her attention was just on all the other things that the Lord gave them? I don't even think it would have been a temptation to her. Hey, did God say you could eat from all these trees? Yeah, there's like 999,000 trees we can eat from. Oh, yeah, what about this one? Yeah, well, I'll just, I'll just take the other ones. But it started with attention, and that's from the very beginning. And again, remember, he don't have any new tricks. He's still trying to get our attention. Why? Because that is where we find either life or death on the inside. Attention. Man, it's that simple. Be intentional with what has your attention. Man, it might be time to uh, fast media for a while. Why not? You don't have to say it's gone forever. Just turn it off for a while. This is the age of streaming If you miss an episode, you can watch it in a week. It's not like when I was a kid. If you missed the episode of Full House, you'd never understand what was happening the next week, right? Because it it wouldn't make any sense. If you missed it, you just missed it. Y'all remember this too. It's like you have to use the restroom and the commercial's over and somebody from the living room goes, it's back. And you got to hurry up and and you got to run out to, to get back and not miss anything. We don't live in that time period anymore, If you turn it off for a week, you can watch everything the next week. You can binge it. But sometimes it's good to turn it all off. Set a limit on that screen time. And you take control of your attention. Because if you don't take control of your attention, it's going to be everywhere. It's just going to be everywhere. Take control of your attention. This is why we tell kids to bow their head, put their hands together when they're praying. That's not laid out in the Bible. I was, when I was real, little, I just thought that's how you prayed. You put your hands together and you bow your head and close your eyes. The reason we do that is so nothing else gets our attention. So we're not grabbing stuff or looking at stuff. Here, think about that. Some of us as adults need to bow our heads close our eyes, and put our hands together after we hit mute on the phone and unplug the Apple TV for a while. It's back to basics. So if this sounds so basic to you, that's good. It is basic. It is the most basic principle in the Word. What has your attention will control you. And when your attention is on the Lord and you are delighting in His Word, you will find joy you will find peace. You will find success. You will find direction. Let's be intentional. It's that simple. And I believe we will see more of the miraculous in our life than ever. We, we, we celebrate three people that were led to the Lord Monday night during Freedom Impact. Amen. There's a lot more people in this city that need an experience with the Lord than three people. I'm looking forward to the day. I'll be just as excited on the day if we have one person that gives their heart to the Lord, but I'm also looking forward to the day when we're talking about 100 people just gave their life to Jesus, 200 people. Well, we got families that were breaking apart that have now been restored and are back together. Man, we got people that need this. We are the ones that give it to them, and it all flows from us and our time with the Lord. It flows from our relationship with God to everybody else. Man, the people around you need you to keep your attention on the Lord just as much as you need it for you. You're called to impact people. You're called to lead people to Jesus. So many times we miss those opportunities simply because we're distracted. But remember, right now in this moment, we're making the good decision because we're doing it right now. Our attention is on Him, our affection just Keep making that decision as you leave here. We'll see so much revelation. We'll see so much goodness. The presence of the Lord is just the best place to be. And he's made it so simple. All we gotta do is move ourselves through attention, acknowledgement. It's powerful, amen? I'm gonna invite the band to come up as we close. I've been saying this for this whole series. I'm gonna say it one more time. This is literally putting it into practice. This is putting the message into practice. This moment coming up is the altar call. We're talking about entering His presence. That's what happens as we worship. That's what happens as we sing these songs. In fact, I think that's why music is such a powerful vehicle for worship. Because music takes up more than just one of our senses, right? You can see the band playing. You hear the sounds. uh, It it stops you from getting so distracted by everything else because it's what you hear. Like That's a great vehicle for worship. But not the only one. Worship is when our attention is put on Him. But we're going to put this message into practice right now as we worship with the band uh, just for a few moments. And just know and remember that as we leave here, If we choose to be intentional with our time and we, on purpose, adjust our schedules to have time with the Lord and time to acknowledge Him and spend in His Word, you will see so much victory happen in your life. It's that simple. You'll see joy where there wasn't joy. You'll see peace where there was anxiety. You'll see direction where there was confusion. Like Lisa spoke earlier, where you've seen disappointment, you'll see expectancy rise in your heart. That's a big one. That's something the world was speaking earlier and he's speaking it right now. Man, disappointment is all perspective. If you think it's over, you're probably disappointed. But we have a God who always says this, if you're breathing, it's not over. And through our biggest disappointments, if we'll put our attention on the Lord, he'll lead us right into another season of expectancy. So let's all stand together. Father, I thank you that as we worship here, as we put our attention on you, we will find every one of those benefits that you said are found right there in your presence. I thank you for peace of mind where there's been fear and anxiety thank you for joy where there's been sorrow and depression thank you for expectancy where there has been disappointment we love you so much and we're so grateful thank you for who you are and what you're saying to us today amen I think it's important to remember that Acknowledging the Lord, entering his presence does not make everything around you perfect, right? Um, it, it changes your response to things. That, that's what it does. I was thinking about, I, I mentioned this earlier, but Elijah was in a cave with his servant, and there was an army around them. And Elijah was pretty chill, and the servant was getting nervous. He says, why are you so chill? And Elijah said, open your eyes and look. And he opened his eyes. The army didn't go away, but his perspective changed. And he saw a greater army surrounding that army. And all of a sudden, peace rose in his heart. It didn't fix the situation in the natural, but when his attention was on the right thing, it changed his response. That's what this is all about. Things around us are pretty crazy, and they might get crazier. But when the Holy Spirit is a part of your life and acknowledging the Lord is a priority in your daily schedule, you will find yourself responding to things the way Jesus responded to things. And instead of it getting your peace and your joy, you'll be like Paul who in the middle of one of the hardest times of his life wrote about joy that doesn't go away and peace beyond understanding. That's what attention does. And then through you, a lot of times, solutions to those issues will rise up. That's awesome. Man, that's awesome. What has your attention? Let's all make a decision one step at a time, right? I always like breaking things down. One step at a time, be intentional. Make a plan, that's intentional. Adjust your schedule, that's intentional. Acknowledge the Lord in everything you're doing and rejoice in the Lord always. Do it intentionally and watch yourself begin to look more and more like Jesus in every one of your responses. And it'll be a good, good thing, right? Amen. My favorite part about this is it'll start in your own home. Your own family, your friends, the ones that are close to you are going to experience this change in you before anybody else. And it's going to be so exciting and encouraging to them. Home, local, global, it's got to start right here first. And everybody around us is going to experience that change. And then you start to. Make an impact in your surroundings, in your city, in your neighborhood. And then there's no limits. we got a whole globe that needs to know Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you've made your presence available to every one of us. Thank you. Thank you for for putting the right thing in our path, that all of a sudden we'll just find the right Bible study that we can uh, put, put into our schedule to just start having. Thank you, Lord, you'll put, you, You'll give us moments during the day when you remind us it's time to adjust the schedule. It's time to plan for tomorrow, plan for my presence, practice my presence, make room for my presence. Thank you that as we do that, we will see so much victory starting today, right now, in this moment. Thank you, Lord, amen.